The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series written by Mercedes Lackey, Dennis Lee, Cody Martin, and Veronica Jaguer. Presenting Season 6, Revolutions. You Have to Believe We Are Magic. Written by Mercedes Lackey and Veronica Jaguer. The streets of downtown Atlanta buzzed with the usual sights and sounds of a Sunday afternoon. People still dressed in their finer clothes to go to worship services, while others lounged at tables outside coffee shops with newspapers and casual conversation. With less than a year having passed since the day of the invasion, many of the smaller establishments had managed to return to some semblance of normal. Orange construction netting provided a reminder of the damage to some of the larger buildings, and the boarded-up windows of other restaurants and businesses offered proof that not everyone would make it through these hard times. Ramona Ferrari folded back a page of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and took another sip of coffee. The editorial section burned with the wrath of angry readers who demanded that the city do more about the Kriegers and that Echo step in and solve the problem, and that the inability of either to solve the problem meant that there were issues with the leadership in both. One particularly amusing article blamed the recurring wrath on the apparent heathenism of metahumans, while a rebuttal from a prominent Atlanta minister attributed the remaining Echo personnel as proof that greater powers had not forsaken the God-fearing people of Georgia in these dark times. Ramona shook her head and scanned the page, decided that nothing important remained in the newspaper but sports scores and coupons, and set it neatly on the table. As she did, the familiar Echo insignia caught her eye. She scowled, picked up the page, and scanned the small ad. To remember those who sacrificed their lives in duty to the citizens of Atlanta, Echo plans to dedicate a memorial on the one-year anniversary of the invasion. Chief Executive Officer Dominic Verdigree will present the plaque and statue at the event, which will be open to the public. Ramona reached for her phone and snapped a picture of the ad, tagging it for later viewing with the hope that Victrix had already seen it in one of her many data-mining passes through the Atlanta media. A sick feeling lurched in her stomach as she reread the paragraph. A public event with Verdigree in charge of metahumans, cementing his image in the minds and hearts of everyone attending, everyone watching. He would own controlling shares of Echo alongside the gratitude of the people of Atlanta, and there would be little that anyone could do about it. She shifted in her seat, fingertip brushing the side of the earpiece as she hummed. Overwatch, I know you read more than I do, but what I'm seeing doesn't look right. I'm not a mind reader. I only live next door to one. What page of the paper are you looking at? The cam in the coffee shop only shows me you from the front. There was a pause. Scratch that. Bring the paper and come by my apartment. I'm getting you rewired. You're too important for the old rig. Re- Okay. Being a civilian with Echo meant not asking questions about tech when confronted by those who breathed it, and Ramona knew she could trust Vicky. You want anything? This place is really good. It's a shame they don't do delivery. Pick me up one of those giganter things that's all espresso with a double shot of cream and sweet and, yeah, a couple something or others from the case. Use that as your excuse to come visit the poor phobic shut-in. I like their coffee. I just don't like going out for it. As instructed, Ramona appeared at the apartment with not one but two coffee disasters and a box of cinnamon coffee cake. She shifted a bit as if to knock, but realized that Vicky likely heard her breathing, 
let alone knew she was there. To prove the point, she heard the sound of five locks being thrown, and Vicky opened the door for her. The young woman looked surprisingly well. Better than Ramona had ever seen her look, in fact. No more dark circles under her eyes. She actually smiled a little as she waved Ramona inside. Now, what did I ask you to bring me exactly? I forget. This. She thrust one of the coffees at Vicky. Gigantor, which they call Venti over there, all espresso with a double shot of cream and sweet. The uh, couple something or others from the case are cinnamon. Oh, ye poor phobic shut-in. Ramona finished. Vicky sighed with relief and unburdened her. Once I get you wired, I won't have to make with the passwords, thank God, but now that we know Doppelganger was inside Echo and we presume has had access to all sorts of people, I'm not letting anyone in without a check. She shut and locked the door. Makes sense to me. She deposited the rest of her wares on the counter. So, wired. I get to be the Ferrari Bot 9000? Vicky put the cup down on the coffee table and picked up three tiny plastic boxes. Okay, first things first, off with the old, and before we stuff ourselves, on with the new. I've got these running on Bella, me, Red, Savior, Untermensch, Sylvie, I'm about to grab Bull after I get you, and Pride after I get Bull. These? She held up the boxes, which each contained a tiny bead-like capsule are the new, improved Technomagic Overwatch. You could be on the other side of the galaxy and I'll pick you up. No one can use it but you. No one will know you have it but you. And no one can pick up the signals but me, unless they happen to be as good a Technomage as I am and break in here to twin my rig. She grinned. Impressed yet? Ramona grinned back. I haven't stopped being impressed with what you can do since I met you. This is amazing. They work on every variation of metahuman, even Regini. Like a charm. Better on him, actually. I didn't really need to worry about rejection with him. Okay, first we do what we replace the earpiece with. Just hold still. Vicky picked up one of the beads on the end of her finger, touched it to the back of Ramona's ear, and muttered something that sounded like a port. As far as Ramona could tell, nothing happened, but Vicky seemed content. Now, the pickup mic. She picked up another bead. Open wide. So far as Ramona could tell, Vicky just touched the top of her soft palate. And now my pride and joy, and this is going to be a little creepy. Don't move till I say so, and don't touch your eye. This time, the bead went in the corner of her eye, and Vicky actually grabbed both her wrists. Staying still was a challenge, and Ramona could sense something smaller than an eyelash but larger than a grain of sand shifting around and behind her field of vision. The gritty sensation went away, but the barest touch of pressure someplace behind her eye resembled the beginning of a migraine, and she tensed. How long does this last? Not long. Maybe another minute. Just hang in there. It'll flatten out once it's seated. True to her word, the pressure subsided, and Ramona could feel herself relax. Better, I think. Now what? Overwatch command, activate Ferrari, Vicky said. Her grin spread like a kid with a Christmas present. Overwatch command, 
activate Ferrari HUD Live. Now, check that little goodie out. Just scan me for starters. Obediently, Ramona looked over the wisp of a woman in front of her, toes to head and back again. Not a lick of skin showing below her jawline, but the all-black ensemble didn't make her look sickly. As she scanned a second time, other information appeared to the side of Vicky. Time, location, general address, as well as latitude and longitude. She allowed her gaze to linger for a second longer, and Ramona's eyebrows went up as a red icon flashed over the small of the woman's back. The bulky sweater hid what the HUD determined as a Glock, fully loaded, and even went so far as to correlate that information to Vicky's full profile from Echo. Ramona was less surprised when it recommended no engagement. Only packing one? I guess I did get your coffee order right. Vicky chortled. Oh, I have plenty of mags within reach. If you want to play Easter Egg Hunt, be my guest. Overwatch Command, Transfer Control, Ferrari. Ferrari. Now, you're in the driver's seat. Anything you can hear, I can hear. Anything you can see, I can see. I can talk to you without anyone overhearing because there is a pickup and a speaker smack in your middle ear, and you can whisper because there is a second pickup in your soft palate. Here. She handed Ramona a little printed folder. That's your basic commands, but if you don't like how I set it up, and I admit it's kind of geeky, then teach it yourself. The instructions are right there. Now, I can override at any time and take control and turn things on. You can turn it all off for as much as eight hours at a time for privacy. Any more, and it'll alarm and force you to do it again. If you go over your designated time, it'll alarm for me too. So, yes, you are now the Ferrari Bot 9000. Congratulations. She paused and then added, Oh, lower left-hand corner of your HUD little camera icon tells you the feed is live, and there are two dots next to it. One is the mic, the other is the speaker. Same thing. Turn them off, the icon and dots go away. Now, have some cake and tell me what brought you here in the first place. Well... Ramona tucked the folder into her purse, trading it for the newspaper. She unfolded the first page, then pressed it back along the crease so that Verdigree's ad would be perfectly centered. This. This isn't something that was publicized in-house, and only a one-week lead makes me suspicious. Plus, he's using Chief Executive Officer in reference to himself, which isn't quite accurate. Something's rotten, Vicky. Vicky frowned. You think he's cop to us? Or at least that we're up to something? Her frown deepened. I don't know. Ramona flicked the edge of the page with her finger. What this does, or could do, is make him the benevolent darling of the media, earning the adoration of the public by commemorating that day. No one will want to touch him after that kind of gesture. Overwatch command, open Bella private. Bells, we have a possible sitch. Vicky explained, then listened. Roger, that's a go. Overwatch command, close Bella private. She turned her gaze back to Ramona. We're on an accelerated program, detective. Double time if we can manage it. How close are you to unlocking the charter? She had made sure the document had arrived safely at Vicky's apartment less than a day after her meeting with Yankee Pride and Dixie Bell, but the legendary metahuman hadn't been joking about the need for a good mage. Close. I know exactly what we need now. The obvious stuff was keyed as tarot code, which is why you kept seeing cards on the edges of the charter parchment. Major arcana represent actual people. 
The emperor, that's pride. The high priest, that's a tricky one, that's Nicola himself. The tower, that's the other tricky one, Marconi. Minor arcana represent objects. A king of staves, queen of pentacles, king of swords, physical bits of the three original signatories. That'd be Dixie Bell, Yank, and Alex's father. And I worked out the unlocking ritual, which is a very pretty and neat piece of mathematic, and I would love to know who did it for them. Vicky pursed her lips. So, can you get me all those things? We can get pride, sure. Bits and pieces might be a little harder, but since Dixie is alive, she can help. Ramona let out a quick sigh, part thought and part frustration. Mr. Tesla's going to be the hard one, since I'm guessing that you can't up and transport your rig into the CCCP closet. Actually, I have carte blanche from Nat ever since I wired her up. I have gone from daughter of Rasputin to hero of the people. I think she's decided I'm close enough to science to get a free pass. But is it safe for you to take all of that out? I mean, the man is an electronic ghost. And how do we have both Marconi and Tesla there at the same time? Only one can use the box at a time. Vicky waggled a finger at her. Oh, ye of little faith. I have a portable version of my workroom. The magician isn't the workroom, the workroom is the magician. And I am a techno-mage. You didn't see me unlock the MacGuffin in the first place, but trust me, tech is safe around me. Have I never shown you the Overwatch suite? But about Tesla. Huh. The logical solution is to let Marconi use the box and make you Tesla's proxy. I hope we don't mind being possessed. Ramona searched for the right word that would give her some shred of magic street cred. You mean to serve as, uh, um, conduit? Pretty much, Vicky said cheerfully. If it keeps the slime ball from taking over, I'll spit pea soup on the ceiling, I think. If you're not busy, we could probably get pride on his way back from his weekly visit to his mom. She tried not to think about Tesla's voice coming out of her mouth. Let's get him. The sooner I wire him, the better anyway, Vicky sighed. Right. This is going to take some prep. And it's going to take some convincing. Tesla isn't going to like riding a body. He might not believe I can do this, and he is probably going to be afraid he won't be able to go back to his box when we're done. So, now, detective, you get to do what you do best. While I prep, you go talk to the great and powerful Oz. Me? Ramona goggled at her. Why me? Vicky gave her a look that clearly said, don't play coy with me. Because you are Ramona Ferrari, who has a better chance of talking Eskimos into buying bikinis than anyone I ever met in my life. Now go, shoo. I'll meet you at CCCP HQ. She gathered up her things and slung her oversized purse over a shoulder. In the spring, the overwhelming heat had not settled over the city, so she managed the six blocks to the CCCP headquarters without melting. She banged on the door twice, readying for a third knock when the door swung open and a severe man in military fatigues appeared. He did not smile as she produced her echo badge and cleared her throat. Detective Ferrari, sir. I'm here to speak to the commissar about the item you have in, uh, storage. He didn't show any signs of understanding, so she held up her badge a little higher. Echo? I'm a detective. 
with echo. The commissar is familiar with the operatives of echo. Where is Yankee Pride? I'm here on my own. Pride will be here soon. Listen, I'd like to speak with the commissar. It's important, she added with a frown. Is she here? The man began to shake his head, but Ramona heard Vicky's voice pipe through her ears, presumably on the CCCP channels. You have clearance to go through HQ, Detective. Andre's just following procedure. The man gave a crisp nod, stepping to the side just enough for Ramona to slip through. Turn left at the first entry and head down the stairs. You know the way from there. Ramona knew her way to the small room that held Alex Tesla's desk. As the door clicked shut behind her, she realized that she didn't know much more when it came to the communication device. Pride was the one who was able to authorize it and open the dialogue with the medicines. Ramona didn't have any sort of card or key that would open the desk, and she was fairly sure that Vicky couldn't override the communicator to give another person access. She passed a hand over the smooth wood surface and sighed. The charter was still locked, Verdigree was tearing Echo apart piece by piece, and she couldn't do much without the assistance of an actual metahuman with some measure of authority. Well, what do I do now? She muttered aloud. Wait for me to call me? The surface of the desk shifted, the two antenna rising and the blue lattice connecting rapidly. Ramona pulled her hand back from the desk and held her breath. As before, the semblance of a severe man with a starched collar and impeccable hair emerged from the field between the wires. It shifted and blinked, features relaxing in recognition of Ramona. Detective Ferrari, you have need of assistance. Nikola Tesla's voice held a crisp yet congenial tone, as if he had expected her call and had been waiting for her. Is Yankee Pride with you? She shook her head, still amazed that the desk had responded to her voice. Ramona hadn't thought that Vitrix had overridden the box to allow more than just pride to call Metis, but she had worked with the woman long enough to know that there was plenty she didn't understand about magic. No, sir. I came on my own. We found the charter and we spoke to Dixie Bell, but she said something about unlocking the charter and finding a good magician. And you do not have a mage with sufficient talent. The blue mesh eyebrows came together in a show of concern. I confess, the arcane is not my area of expertise. Ramona shook her head. No, we've got the best that anyone could ever want. The issue is that it requires authentication from both you and Mr. Marconi in order to begin the process, and our only direct connection is here. She gestured to the desk and walls of the small room. Our resident magician is equally good with technology, but circumstances being what they are... You are serving as the operator for this call. Tesla nodded crisply. Very well. We will assist in this matter, provided that the charter is at the secondary location. You will need to maintain the connection here. Listen, there's something I need to ask. But Tesla wasn't listening. He turned, fading slightly as if to call someone from another side of the room. Ramona watched as the more jovial face of Marconi appeared, blue wireframe eyes dancing. Signorina Ferrari, a pleasure to see you again. A Yankee Pride is not with you. No, sir, I'm here on my own. She waved to the walls before patting the back of the chair. Playing the intermediary, as it were. Alone? Marconi's voice carried a hint of mischief as he feigned disbelief. 
truly a terrible thing to befall such a lovely lady as yourself. A moment, please. Nicola, he forgets the most important things sometimes. Sir, I don't. The wireframe disappeared from view, and the image flickered once, as if someone had changed the channel on the television set. What had been blue on gray-black was now full color on white, and a shirtless upside-down Mercury stared back at her. He blinked, eyes widening as he recognized Ramona's face, and scrambled to right himself. Rick? Rick, is that you? Can you hear me? Excitement got the better of her, and she leaned closer to the quantator. Is that really you? Ramona? How did you hack into this? Is it over? Did we win? He tapped once, a tinny sound that made the image shake. What's going on? It's a long story. He motioned to the white walls and carpet. Well, as you can see, I've got a break in my oh-so-busy schedule. I haven't heard much from Mr. Tesla or Mr. Marconi since Yankee Pride made contact. Is it true that Verdigree is in control of Echo? For now. We might have an out, but Victrix is working on it. Ramona sat back as she realized that she was inches from the quantator. How much do you know? Mercury shrugged, sitting on the floor and folding his legs beneath him. Some. I heard that our Mr. Tesla was killed and that Verdigree had a hand in it. I heard that the Metis group think doesn't want to help, but would rather wait and watch us like bad television. Other than that? He shook his head ruefully. I don't hear a lot from the few who are allowed to talk to me. Well, what do you want to know? She checked her watch, hoping that it would take Tesla and Marconi more than a few minutes to discuss whatever they were going to discuss. I know it's been a while, so ask away. He frowned, shaking his head as he drummed his fingers lightly on his knees. I don't know where to start. What day is it, anyway? She suppressed a chuckle. Sunday. Felt like one. I guess my internal clock is still working. Is Pride still around at Echo? Yeah, he's still the face of things. We've been working with the Russians. They're good guys, once you get used to the protocol and procedure. Ramona lowered her voice and leaned closer. Really? If you watched enough Rocky and Bullwinkle as a kid, they're not hard to understand. Mercury laughed. What about classic Star Trek? I always understood Chekhov. Natalia would have made Chekhov curl up in his chair and cry for his mother before they went to warp. She giggled as his eyes widened at her attempt at Star Trek humor. She thought she caught a snort from Overwatch, but she didn't want to disturb Vicky. So, what else? These are pretty easy questions. The image shifted and blurred as Mercury moved in and out of the frame. He settled cross-legged on the floor, bare feet tucked underneath and looking like a new-age surfer shaman. He pushed a hand through his hair and let out a long breath of air. Well, I guess the most important one is... Are we still winning? Ramona considered how to answer. She didn't want to lie to him, but she didn't want the man to lose all hope, either. We're still fighting, she finally decided. I don't think any of us are ready to give up, especially with Verdigree waiting in the shadows. 
I have to tell you, it does get pretty difficult sometimes. He nodded and rocked forward. Yeah. Yeah, I bet it does. I don't hear anything in here. Other than these medicines still don't want to interfere in human business. If you ask me, it's not all that evolved and intelligent as they're supposed to be. Mercury gave a bitter laugh and glanced to his left. Then again, what do I know? I'm just the dumb jock. Don't say that. Ramona heard the words shoot out of her mouth before she could stop herself. She cleared her throat. Blush crept into her face as he grinned through the quantator at her. I mean, you're not dumb. You're a medic human whose abilities are mostly physical in nature rather than being mental, but that hardly makes you a dumb jock. Mercury seemed content with that answer as he rested his elbows against his knees. Nice to not have to live up to a label, I guess. So, just how did you come up with an Echo Charter? Some top-secret clearance? He leaned forward, eager as a kid watching Saturday morning cartoons. Talked with Dixie Bell, actually. She's a sweetheart, full of fire and loads of ideas. Can you believe she actually... Ramona trailed off, realizing that Mercury stared at her with eyes as wide as saucers. His mouth hung open. Rick? You actually got to meet Dixie Bell. The Dixie Bell? Dixie Bell who helped begin what we now know as Echo? He shook his head slowly. Whoa. She never comes out to the bigger events, unless it's some anniversary thing or commemoration, and she's always surrounded by a full security detail. And you, you got to meet her? Face to face? The awe in Mercury's voice made her smile. Got to have tea with her, too. She and Pride together are something special, that's for sure. Oh, and she knows about you, too. Dixie Bell knows who I am. Before Ramona could feed the eager fanboy with even more about her visit, the image of Nikola Tesla replaced the view of Mercury. The thin blue lines that composed his face made his cheeks and jawline seem especially sharp, and Ramona leaned back from the screen. Where is the charter, Miss Ferrari? We will need to establish a link with the system prior to beginning the necessary exercise. The quantator lit up as Tesla spoke. Your mage is aware of the technological considerations, yes? Ramona took a deep breath. Bikinis to Eskimos, she thought briefly. She is, yes. In fact, that is why she will be here momentarily with Yankee Pride and the Charter. For this to work, she needs to be as close to the Quantator as possible, with as few... She worked to come up with the right terminology that would make sense for both Tesla and the necessary ritual. Barriers. He nodded. Excellent. As both myself and Mr. Marconi will be present, this should be relatively uncomplicated. Relatively, yes. At the same time, the rules of the Charter's unlocking require that there be one entity per conduit. Even though the Quantator is here, we still need you present in a more tangible fashion. Ramona leaned forward, her words firm and earnest. We're going to need to channel you through a separate host, rather than via the Quantator in order to properly complete this ritual. 
The blue wireframe stared at her, something like static causing the image to fuzz at the sharp edges of Tesla's cheekbones and the end of his nose. The eyes flicked down, to the left, and then back to face her with an expression of annoyance and faint anger. Channel. Yes, sir. And by channel, I am to understand that my very nature, my consciousness, will require projection through a living being in the room as the ritual takes place. He bit off the words crisply, his tone cool. Is this correct, Miss Ferrari? Yes, sir. His mouth drew tight. If Nikola Tesla had stood in front of her, Ramona thought she would have seen the thin arms cross over the front of an impeccably clean suit and the chin lift in a show of scientific arrogance. Then you and your mage will need to investigate a second means of completing this ritual. Such an arrangement is not possible for myself. Ramona froze. With all due respect, sir, that's not an option. We need you here to unlock the charter, and this is the only way that we can do it safely. Safely. The quantator popped and crackled as the blue wireframe glared back. Miss Ferrari, you do not have any idea what would safely constitute, considering my current form of existence. I am safe because I am contained here, within Metis. But, Mr. Tesla, this is the charter that you yourself agreed upon. This is the foundation of Echo. Ramona's voice rose in the small space. Without this charter, the organization that you helped to create is going to fall into the hands of a madman. Tesla glanced away, blue lines wavering. I cannot participate in such a fashion, detective. To leave such containment would invite the possibility of erosion, and possibly death. Ramona drew a deep breath and stood, eyes closing briefly as she lay a hand flat against the surface of the quantator. With all due respect, Mr. Tesla, that is a risk that the entire organization has taken in your absence. The minute that I walk out the door of the safe house with the badge that bears the echo insignia, I take that risk on the walk back to the train, on the ride home, even while I am sleeping in my barely-slept-in apartment. Her eyes narrowed, but she wheeled her voice steady in the role of the proverbial good cop with a side of guilt trip. I can promise you, your own nephew took that risk when he met with government agents who wanted to take hold of the organization, and I was with him when a half-dozen Echo operatives defended him from a wave of death spheres and Kriegers. Now she turned, and Ramona jabbed a finger at the floating head. Every single day, there are dozens of echo operatives and civilians who are still clinging to those ideals that make up the institution, your institution. And you've got the nerve to sit back in your perfect little jar back and meet us and tell me that you can't risk death? She snorted and leaned back, her face so uncomfortably close that the wireframe of Nikola Tesla shrank back a bit. Your nephew died protecting Echo. My friends died protecting Echo. I'm ready, if I need to, to die to protect Echo. If you're trying to invoke some bit about how you can't risk death because you're afraid to die, or that you're too important to risk it to save Echo, 
then I may as well just hand Verdigree the keys and we all sit back with popcorn to watch the Thulians swarm the planet. Miss Ferrari, you don't. Coward. The floating head twitched. The thin lines connecting the myriad of nodes became fuzzy for a split second. Ramona's lip curled. How do you think it makes me feel, knowing that I have to be the channel for some entity who knows how far away who only exists as a connect-the-dots hologram? Do you think I jumped at the chance to participate? Don't you think I'm a little concerned that if this goes south, I have to deal with your consciousness behind mine for all eternity? She jabbed a finger at the wavering blue head. In case you've forgotten, Mr. Tesla, I'm the last so-called normal you have in this organization who has a clue as to what's really going on and who wants to help. The wireframe blinked, grew fuzzy, and slowly faded out. Ramona sagged against the quantator, hanging her head. This wasn't what Vicky had asked her to do, and desperation had turned the negotiation into an argument. She expected the chirp of Overwatch through her inner ear at any time, chastising her for screwing up their one chance of getting Nikola Tesla to help them unlock the charter. Ramona half-heartedly scrolled through a list of possible outcomes, each one more hopeless than the last, so caught up in her own thoughts that she almost missed the hiss and crackle that preceded Tesla's voice. You are correct, Miss Ferrari. The blue mouth moved slowly, the words deliberate. This venture is not without risk for the both of us. And yes, I had forgotten that you are the last remaining non-metahuman within the upper tier of the organization who understands the gravity of the situation. It's not a badge I wanted to wear, she offered softly. Nikola Tesla inclined his head, his mouth drawn tight. Nevertheless, I concede that your concerns are no less than my own. These processes that involve the arcane carry with them a certain risk for all involved. Ramona held her breath and nodded once, hope glimmering inside. If you, in your current state, are willing to endure this risk, then I will do so as well. Given our respective circumstances, you have far more to lose than do I. Thank you, sir. Ramona nodded politely, smile held in check. She kept her words short and gracious. We will call you when ready. The blue wireframe winked out, with Marconi's faint laughter coming through before the quantator antenna sank back into the desk. She lifted her voice, a smile on her face. Overwatch? Here, Detective. What you got? Ramona sank into the chair, relieved. Bring it on. The uh, Eskimos have their bikinis. Yankee Pride had obliged without any question or comment when Vicky hooked him up at the CCCP headquarters, although Ramona had seen him squirm a little when the optical piece found purchased behind his eyeball. Thanks to his weekly visits with Dixie Bell, he had the personal items that Vicky required. He offered them to her with a smile. 
Vicky stood just in front of the quantator like a priestess at an altar, head down, arms out at her sides, palms down. Then she dropped her arms about halfway, inverted her hands to palms up, and slowly raised them to shoulder height again. The hair on the back of Ramona's neck stood up as the cement floor crumbled in a very precise set of patterns to about an inch deep in lines about half an inch wide. It looked for all the world as if an invisible force was stamping a double circle around Vicky and the quantator, with four smaller circles at equal intervals between the inner and outer circle. The quantator itself sat precisely in the middle of one of those four circles. Okay, YP, you stand here and hold your mama's hair. She pointed at the one of the small circles immediately to her right, and Pride stepped gingerly into it, taking the lock from Vicky. Now we get to play Ghost in the Machine. Ramona, come over here, please. Vicky crooked a finger at her. Ramona marveled at the change in the woman when she was doing something she was the expert at. This was an entirely different Vicky, scarcely recognizable as the nervous creature that hunched her shoulders and tried to be invisible when more than three or four people were in the same room. Ramona stood in front of the quantator and placed her hands on it where Vicky directed, trying not to shiver. All right, Mr. Tesla, Vicky continued as Tesla's solemn wireframe visage appeared between the antenna. Are you ready? Are you certain this will work? There was real fear in Tesla's voice, and Ramona didn't blame him. If this didn't work, he'd die. Forever. As certain as Heisenberg will let me be, Vicky told him. Remember that this is largely governed by will. You really have to want this, truly and without reservation. Can you do that? She patted the quantitator reassuringly. Remember, also, once this works, I've got you set up to transfer to any other chosen vessel and back. That might turn out useful. Or just entertaining. Tesla paused for a very long moment, then his expression firmed. You have all risked your lives over and over in this endeavor, Miss Nage. I can do no less. Yes, I want this. All right, then. Vicky stepped out of the quantator circle. Then, here we go. Her hands moved in Tai Chi-like patterns, sketching things in the air, things that sometimes looked like arcane symbols and sometimes like equations. They made Ramona feel a little dizzy, so she shut her eyes and concentrated on feeling like a hostess waiting for a welcome guest but she could also feel the hair on the back of her neck rising involuntarily, and something like a charge building in the air just before a lightning strike. The tension began to ratchet up, and just when she wanted to scream at Vicky to get it over with already, the mage finally barked the word fiat, and... And suddenly there was someone else in her head. This wasn't like being with a telepath like Bella, or a telepath like Jamaican Blaze. This was... It felt as if there was someone behind her, except when she turned, there wasn't. It is very disconcerting for me, Miss Ferrari, said an apologetic voice that came from everywhere and nowhere. At least it seems to have worked. Vicky peered at them, and seemed to intuit that Tesla had made it in, since she nodded in satisfaction. 
Okay, let's try the control thing for just a second. Ramona, relax and think about anything pleasant. Especially, relax your jaw. Mr. Tesla, please try saying something. Ramona's thoughts immediately went to Rick, and she was so busy blushing she didn't even notice when Tesla started to speak. He pitched her voice oddly, and it had his own distinct accent. Testing. Well, it appears we have a success. Disconcerting did not begin to describe how she felt when her mouth produced words that she had no control over. Good. Vicky nodded. Let her have control back for a moment. You haven't piloted a body in a long time, and you probably won't remember how. Ramona, here. Vicky handed her the sample of Alex Tesla Sr.'s blood that Bella had found in cold storage. Take the circle opposite Pride, please. She placed the second lock of hair, this time from Yankee Doodle, on top of the quantator, put the charter on the floor in the center of the main circle, and stepped back to the last empty small circle as Ramona took her place. Now, the real show begins. From now on, nobody move. I don't care if there's a fire, a flood, an earthquake, or an echo full scramble, until I tell you, no moving. I'm playing with space-time here, and bad things happen when you cross space-time boundaries. Once again, she bowed her head and held her arms out to her sides. Again, her hands were palm up. This time, however, her hands made identical rotating gathering gestures before she opened her palms and suddenly brought them up, like a conductor calling for the opening chord from an orchestra. Ramona nearly leapt out of her skin as she was answered, both by a sound, like the ringing of an enormous bell, and by an uprush of blazing green light that abruptly filled all the channels that had been cut into the floor. The light in the outermost circle streamed upwards in a curve and met to form a half-dome over them. Vicky made a second gesture like the first. More light blazed up, and another booming note answered her. This time the light was cold. She did this twice more, with red and blue light answering, all the colors finally mingling to form a steady white blaze that reminded Ramona, somehow, of starlight. Vicky raised her head, dropped her left arm, and made a lifting gesture with her right hand, and the charter levitated upward to about waist height on a pillar of white light. We stand in the place outside of space, and the time outside of time, where only truth can be spoken and only truth can be revealed, Vicky said, her voice having a curious echoing tone to it. Yankee pride. For that is the name that is truer than the one you were born with. Do you speak as the heir to Alexander Tesla? I do, Yank said steadily, though he was looking a little pale. And do you bear the token, freely given, of your mother, Dixie Bell? I do. And is it your will that this charter be unlocked, laid bare, and revealed for any to read? There was something oddly ominous about the way Vicky said those words. It is. And will you lend your strength to this task? I will, Yank said, and then he could say nothing more as the blue light erupted from him, and a beam as thick as his arm streamed out from him and into the pillar in the center. It was hard for Ramona to tell for sure, but he looked like someone who had grabbed a pair of hot wires and was frozen in place. 
She licked her lips nervously and sensed Tesla inside her shivering. I do not care for magic. When Jeremiah Stone performed this the first time, I did not like it, and I like it even less now. Wait, who? Jeremiah Stone? But Vicky was asking the same questions of the Quantator, and Marconi was answering them, steadily, the same way. This time the beam of light was red. Then it was Ramona's turn, or rather, Tesla's. If you don't do this, she thought fiercely at him, we might as well all take out big life insurance policies because our heirs are going to need them. She waited apprehensively as Vicky asked the questions, and... Her mouth opened, and Tesla answered them, and the beam of green light erupted out of her, and it was exactly like grabbing a couple of hot wires. She was barely conscious of the fact that Vicky was speaking again, barely registered the words. The words have been spoken. Consent has been given. Strength has been lent. Now I, efficient, give consent and lend my strength to the support of all. Let the charter be unlocked, the words laid bare for any man to see. Fiat! The word ended in a high-pitched keening of pain as the final beam of yellow light erupted from Vicky's chest and hit the pillar. The light in the center of the room went from brilliant to blinding. Ramona closed her eyes, and she could still see it burning through her lids as her body was held rigid in the magic's thrall. Then, abruptly and with no warning, the light blinked out, and whatever held her in its grip let her go. She slumped, but mindful of Vicky's warning, she teetered and held herself as still as she could as she opened her eyes. Still in there, Mr. Tesla? she thought. Yes, Miss Ferrari, came the weary-feeling answer. That was no easier the second time. Stay put a little longer, folks, Vicky said. She sounded as if she had just done three rounds of the parkour course with a hundred-pound backpack. Backwards. The light still shone around them, but depleted and dull, and the charger was lying on the floor again. Vicky made the reverse of the gesture she had before, and the dome of light faded, the colors shining up from the channels in the floor faded, and finally, there was nothing but the room with its single electric bulb, the quantator, and the paper on the floor. Now you can move. Vicky said, and flexed her fingers. And now, Mr. Tesla, we can send you back home again. Now the $64,000 question, Ramona said, when Tesla was safely back in cyberspace, or whatever electronic afterlife it was he inhabited. What is it that is in this charter that's going to... All three of them were scanning it, but Vicky was evidently the speed reader among them because she let out a whistle and planted her finger on a paragraph in the middle of the last page. This, she said. Holy cauldron, this changes everything. Quickly, Ramona skipped to that paragraph. This clause is to establish the leadership and fundamental rule, in perpetuity, of the organization to be known as ECHO. As with all organizations, shareholders and stockholders will be established. All metahuman members of ECHO, from this day forward, are shareholders of one and only one share each. 
Only shareholders may vote on matters pertaining to the leadership and their own welfare. For the purposes of establishing and continuing the leadership of Echo and ensuring the welfare of the metahumans of Echo, stockholders in Echo are not voting shareholders. The chief executive officer of Echo will be, in perpetuity, absence the failure of the bloodline, the direct heir in the bloodline of Nikola Tesla. The chief executive officer cannot be replaced, neither by vote nor by dismissal. He can only step down of his own will. In the event that there is to be no direct heir in the bloodline of Nikola Tesla, only the previous CEO can designate an heir. That heir must be a metahuman of Echo, and only the shareholders of full voting shares can ratify that heir. In the event no heir was ratified, a new chief executive can only be elected by the shareholders of full voting shares. Only metahumans of Echo, past and present, will hold full voting shares. Voting shares may not pass to heirs in order to ensure the welfare of the metahumans of Echo. In wartime, should the CEO not feel capable of fully directing Echo, the CEO may designate an additional, temporary position, acting executive director, with whom he or she may share leadership and executive decisions. The acting executive director must also be a metahuman of Echo, and the position is not heritable or transferable. This clause cannot be changed, nullified, nor revoked, either by the shareholders or the stockholders. Should this clause be changed, nullified, or revoked, the charter will be deemed null and void, Echo will be dissolved as an organization, and the resources therein will be divided among the voting shareholders. Stockholders will derive no benefit from the dissolution of Echo. You guys realize what this means, don't you? Vicky said. Bird's toast. If he tries to get a stockholder vote to kill the Charter Leadership Clause, he loses Echo. If you think the rumblings of revolt are bad here, you should catch the scuttlebutt from some of the other Echo chapters. He made a big mistake in exiling folks he didn't like elsewhere. All he did was spread dissent around. The second we get all the metas together to vote, he's out and prides in. And, she added gleefully, he just set that meeting up himself. The memorial, Pride said, stunned. For which Bird is providing all expenses paid tickets to all the retirees and any other metahumans who want to come, yeah. Vicky's head bobbed. I can make sure the lines are clear for phone-in votes, too, once we start the meeting. What about the charter itself? Where do we keep it now? Ramona looked to Pride apologetically. I know this is your mother's only copy, but... I can't say that I feel good about it leaving here now that it's unlocked. Pride shrugged. Then it doesn't leave here. I don't know of a place in Atlanta that's more secure than this building, save for Miss Vicky's apartment. Do you think that the commissar would mind keeping this for a while? I wasn't about to let it leave, actually. Vicky made another gesture toward the desk. The top drawer opened obediently, and she slid the pages inside. She etched a small inscription against the lock, effectively sealing it beneath the quantator. Now, all we need to do is pretend that we don't know anything about this. This has been Revolutions, Season 6 of The Secret World Chronicle. The Secret World Chronicle is narrated and produced by Veronica Jaguer, with music by Kevin McLeod from Incompetech.com. Find us at www.secretworldchronicle.com, like us on Facebook, and circle us on Google+. And as always, thank you for listening.